episode 51 of the All Around Podcast, talking television and film. What'd you see this weekend, Dad? Nothing. I was visiting your brother. Okay. Well, I saw this, the first movie I saw Friday night, I saw this movie, A Shadow in the Cloud, with Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, Kick-ass. Kick-ass girl, right? Yeah, hit girl. Yeah. Or, so that's her. or more importantly, the girl from Tom and Jerry, because that's really what she's going to be known by going forward. Right? Or the fifth wave. Um, so <laughs> it's so it's like World War Two. She plays a World War Two. Uh, she's like a she. She's posing as like a uh, Air Force. She like she's part of the RAF in World War Two because. British women actually could serve in the RAF back then. And she gets on this uh, fighter plane um, called the Fool's Errand and she's got this package and she's uh, these all these American well, not they're not all American. Most of them are American. One of them's Scottish. One of them's from like New Zealand. But yeah. they're like, who are you? Da, 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 da. And she hands this letter that's from you know, some high-ranking officer and she's got this Winston Churchill. No, it's like someone named Riger or something, and he's like, I've got this package, and you know, you can't ask about the package, and da, 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 and we just got to go to wherever. So they're flying, and they play this little World War II, like, you know, those little cartoon videos where it's like, preparing for the war, or whatever. Preparing for the war! Yeah. So they play this one of these videos, and they're like, oh, you know, when the gremlins pop on board, it's like, that, you know, it's like, then it shows this little monster, but the gremlin is just this metaphor for like uh when a crew member fucks up essentially because a gremlin is like breaking engines or whatever but it's it's this metaphor so she gets on this plane they put her in the sperry what's it called it's like the sperry gunner thing which is like this little uh gun below the uh so they just put her down there and that's the first 45 minutes is her communicating communicating over radio with like these six guys above so I'm like, okay, is this like the one-woman show type of thing or whatever? Because next thing you know, there's like, oh, shit, there's like a real gremlin that pops out. So it turns into like this semi-horror uh, type thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. And it's like, it's actually like, okay, right? As this thing is like moving around, she's trying to tell them like, no, there's a gremlin down here. There's this thing down here and they don't believe her. And like one of the guys sees it. It's like, did you see that? Did you see that? They're like, no, no. Well, it turns out she's like, she's lying about being, about who she says she is and you know, the guy that ends up looking after the package, the only guy that's not really being, like, a misogynist, uh, who seems really nice, turns out, like, they're together, they had a baby, she, but she cheated on her husband with this guy, and her husband was abusive. Oh, what and the turns fuck? Out the ba- well, it turns out the baby is in the package, like, did you really try and sneak like, a baby on here, and she gave And the, gre- hang on, the gremlin wanted... Well, not... Well, towards the end, I guess, but... Oh, wow, like, that was just a guess, go ahead. Well, it's not wanting to eat the baby. I think it was just fucking around. And it's like, all right, we got to, you know, do whatever. So, essentially, the second half of the movie turns into this, like, action movie. And honestly, I was with the movie until... So, she gets... So, she does, like, the Superman thing where she crawls out of the Sparagon as they're flying because there are three Japanese planes after him. And she's crawling on the underbelly of the plane. While like, it's while they're flying. Yeah, she's not getting blown off or anything, and she's carrying, like, part of it is she's carrying her baby because the gremlin snatches the package, and she ends up getting it back, but she's carrying the baby as, in this, uh, like, it's basically like this uh, large satchel that over-the-shoulder strap, 
And she's carrying this thing, like, while she's crawling. So I'm like, okay, all right, all right, whatever. But I wasn't really out of it then. I was like, all right, I'm still good, I'm still good. So then she gets back up in the plane, like, in the main, like, not where the cockpit, but behind the cockpit, like, where all the other guys are. And basically the Sperry gun falls. So there's this big, like, kind of hole in the ship where the Sperry gun was. Now it's just air. And she ends up falling through that because the gremlin, like, hits her. She falls through that, and she's, like, uh, holding on to the ledge or whatever. And then so I'm like, all right, she's going to pull herself up. No, she, like, drops. So I'm like, damn, they're really going to kill her. But then a Japanese plane flies under. They blow the Japanese plane up. The kickback from the explosion hits her back up into the plane she was in. Like, no accounting for, uh, like, relative movement or anything like that where she would, in real life, miss. But then she gets popped back up and she's fine through the through that hole. And she's good. And I was like, fuck this movie. I'm out. This movie's stupid. Like, I was so done after that. I'm like, that's... I don't care. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for the gremlin. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief even for her crawling on the underbelly. But the fact that she drops from a moving plane, like a flying plane, straight down, a Japanese plane comes directly under it, blows up, the explosion kicks her back. She doesn't have any scorch marks on her face, no burns, and she gets blown back up into through the same exact hole. I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm done. But it was interesting... Because then I'm like, so how, all right, how does it? Oh, good. Were you going to talk about how it ends? End? So yeah. essentially, uh, so the Japanese plane shoot through all the guys that were incredible dicks to her all die, but the three guys that were nice to her, including her uh, baby daddy, was they all live and they live through this crazy crash where it seems like they all should have whiplash or broken necks or something, but they're fine. The baby's fine, whatever. And then she has this fist fight with the gremlin down on the land she's like a legit fist fight where she goes after like tries to steal her baby she ends up getting the baby back and like injures the uh injures the gremlin and then the gremlin starts to run away then she runs after the gremlin over this little pond and just starts like punching it in the face breaks its arm like turns into this like mma fight and it's like what it didn't really need this and then at the end when her baby daddy has the baby she takes the baby and breastfeeds it and that's how it ends and it's like what? What? Yeah, I know. It's it's a strange movie. It, it's it's really not honestly up until that part where she gets blown back through the Sperry gun hole. It's actually okay. Uh, one of the problems is when you have a one woman show for the first half with Chloe Moretz, who's not that good of an actress. Um, yeah, it's like you're kind of trying to go around that part. But then I look at like who directed wrote this. So it's like this New Zealand director first like quote unquote American film, but. Guess who wrote the original script for this movie? No, I, I... Max Landis. <laughs> and it was rewritten by the director, but considering how much of his original script was in it, he still got credit. So, yeah. so it was on Hulu. It was on Hulu, by the way. So Oh Hulu. Okay. So my only um, reference to Gremlins in Planes in World War II era. There yeah. was a great Looney Tunes uh, thing with, like, I think Bugs Bunny is in a plane, and there's a gremlin that is sort of like Marvin the Martian-sized that lives there, and it's sort of just a jackass with the same sort of, I think, Brooklyn Bronx accent that, you know, cause, because everything is sort of voiced, I think. Yeah. And um, um, that was pretty well. This means war. This means war. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, I, it, yeah. it looks like a big bat. At least yeah, in the face. exactly. Yeah, it, just, okay. it looks like just a big ass bat. Like it almost looks like um, a man bat from Batman, but like man bats. What would be man bats kid? <sighs> so, yeah, that's that's crazy. Hang on, so, I, I was gonna, I was gonna try to send you a picture of the. Uh, Gonna try to send you a picture of the gremlin right now. I'm sure that will screw the episode up, but uh, I'm gonna send to you right now. Oh, what the Bugs Bunny? Thing? Yeah, the Bugs, the Bugs Bunny gremlin. It was, it was made in 1943, so it was like prime World War II era, um, right. mix of fantastic ridiculousness plus that wonderful American jingoism is probably one of the few yeah. uh, Looney Tunes episode from World War II that they could actually televise on TV today. Yeah. Um, Without but, the disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like We, we, we realized that um, in spite of the fact that uh, the Japanese may be oh, one of the worst the people on the planet. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Like I said, it's like Marvin the Martian size, just without the helmet. Yeah. It's just this ridiculous cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I watched that Friday. Saturday night, watched Those Who Wish Me Dead on HBO Max. Yes. And it, honestly, the I think it's better than the reviews say. Um, the I think my interpretation, so. How's she holding up? I, I mean, can we get to the Well, okay. Here? They managed to fit in a scene where she takes her shirt off, uh, she has a bra on, obviously, but Angelina Jolie isn't. She's not. She's not getting like fully full frontal. She's too big of a star. Well, it depends how artistic the movie is. Uh, yeah, I guess right. If she stars in the next, you know, uh, uh what's who's the guy? Hamlet, Hamlet three. No, not Ham- like I'm trying to. If she, if she was doing that, uh, if she, she was, was doing in, that like, movie a, that we're going to talk about near the end. If she was, she's gonna do like some PT Anderson movie, yeah, she'd probably do it. But um, no, so like it's good. It is Taylor Sheridan thriller, just like it's not as uh like white knuckle as like Sicario or Hell or High Water. We're like holy shit, like it's not that tense. Not because he doesn't try, but it's just like you you just kind of one of the things. Jesus is, uh, Christ! I'm looking at one of these pictures of her. Yeah. She the, the uh does she have enough veins jumping through her arm? Holy shit! I'm just well, like what? there's a scene where she gets struck by lightning and you can see her veins. Da, 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 da. But so no, like, but dude, I mean this is like fucking ridiculous. I mean it's like it's it's well, almost like if she hasn't been taking drugs. Oh you know, yeah, Why do you look like that? That is like yeah. I saw that was, the, that was the behind the scenes because we watched the first look thing. So here's behind the, the thing. scenes so, like, behind the skin. What the fuck? Well, no, I mean, no, no, no. So yeah, that is the one thing I said was like she's supposed to be this firefighter smoke jumper. It's like I don't think she really like has the physique. Physical. Fi- no, no, not so much to pull physique, that off, but the physicality to you know. Well, no, like you're carrying around all that equipment. Firefighters wear like right. forty pounds of gear. Right, well, and she looks like she weighs ninety two pounds. Right, yeah, exactly. So there's that. But no, no, no. the the thing is, so this kid's dad is hunted down by these two assassins and gets killed, and then they go after the kid to basically, you know, tie up all loose ends, right? Mm. But you never know the information the dad has. Like the dad, he writes it down. He gives it to the kid. He's like, "Go to the news with this," because I know too much. Because they kill like his boss or something. Mm. Because the two assassins are played by 
uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones and uh, Beast from the new X-Men movie. So Nicholas Holt and Aiden Gillen. So those are the two assassins, right? It's like, okay, but you, I mean, honestly, it would have been better if you knew the information that the guy, because he's like an accountant or something. And he knows, he knows, um, he knows something, but you never find out throughout the whole movie. You never do. And it's like, that information is kind of important, but I guess Taylor Sheridan is just like, like, that's not the point. The point is the relationship between this kid and Angelina Jolie. Cause Angelina Jolie is a smoke jumper dealing with like PTSD because she saw these three kids die in a forest fire. And then she was given a psych evaluation three days after, and she was declared like unfit. Right. So she's in one of these towers that has to look for fires essentially and give warnings and stuff. So sure. that's what she's sure. doing. But like then you've US got for- like- U.S. forestry service type stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Forest Service. So then, like, she... But she has this death wish, like... There's a good... By the way, there's a good video game. What's the video game out there that was really famous, like, with this guy who um, was in a... Firewatch is what it was called. It was kind of oh, famous. right, 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 right. Go ahead, please. By uh, Campo Santo did that game. Uh, that I, I, I've, never, I've never heard of Campo Santo. Is he Well, because that was our first game. Campo Santo is the name of the developing oh, it's development a... studio. And they were later bought by Valve, and they had this other game called In the Valley of the Gods. And that was, I saw that trailer for In the Valley of the Gods in December of 2017. And it had this song, that song Muddy Waters by LP. I don't know if I play that for you. Which which Muddy Waters song? No, it's called Muddy Waters, and it's by this artist named LP. Oh, I thought it was a Muddy Waters song. Listening to that song helped to get me when I was walking across uh, the UF campus with the torn Achilles. I didn't know it was a torn Achilles. So there you well, go. There there's, you, that con- there's that connection there, there. There you go. So, no. So, um, so yeah, but then she's like a rebel. Cause she's got like this death wish because at, they're at this party where they're inducting these new firefighters, or whatever. And she puts on a parachute and she has somebody drive this truck and she's got somebody driving this truck at 80 miles per hour and she releases her parachute and gets shot back into the wind. And it's like, just cause she wanted to. And John Bernthal arrests her. It's like, I know you got to, you know, I know what you're trying to do, but you need to understand that it's like, okay, I don't need all this. Like she's a badass. She's got a death wish, but she's got PTSD from this. Like, let's just get, move well, on. Well, you have to, you have to show, not tell her character. <laughs> well, no, it's like she, they do show it, but it's so, it just seems so, I don't know. It doesn't seem super believable because it's Angelina Jolie. It's just like right, I just haven't. Right. It's like who's looking like so. a fucking heroin addict? Jesus. Okay. So anyways, just... anyways, Jesus. Um. So yeah. So basically, like, I mean, the scenes with this with the the kid is pretty good in it. His stuff with Angelina Jolie is is good in it. when they're when like the climax is extremely well done. John Bernthal, who's in every one of Taylor Sheridan's movies. John, John Bernthal was like, was he Punisher? What was yeah, he? He's Punisher. Gotcha. Yeah, he's but he was in Sicario. He was in Wind River. Like he's been in all of his movies. I think I don't I don't think he was in Hell or High Water, but he's been in everything yeah. he's done. So plays a cop uh, who's got a pregnant wife, but the pregnant wife is because she's interrogated by the two assassins, but she basically defends herself in a very believable badass way like it was very earned because she runs like a survival they run a survival school okay. so like the way she did it, it was that was well done like it's i liked it i liked it a lot i mean that's just me but tyler perry is literally in it for one scene and he's given an interview thing in the behind one the scene scenes too many 
no, he was fine in it. But it's like, I read the Wikipedia synopsis. It's like, oh, he's a mob boss. And I'm like, I did not get that from that one scene he was in. I thought he was like some intermediary between the mob boss and the two assassins. So, but it's, I mean, I would give it probably, I think of the Taylor Sheridan movies, if I take Sicario, Sicario 2, Wind River, Hell or High Water, it's better than Sicario 2. That's about all I can say. Is Netflix, what was this? Uh, HBO Max. HBO Max, sorry. Yeah, so it'll be on there till June 13th. So, yeah. And PVOD. Okay. Yeah, then PVOD, yeah. Or it's in theater. But yeah, so that was good. Okay. Um, Yeah, but uh, all right. We get to the first new, first story. Pretty big. Hell yeah. So. Disney's New World Order leads to confusion and bruised egos, which is on variety. So, Bob Chapek, who's the new CEO of uh, Disney, uh, has been changing some things around on the creative front at the company. Never heard. I've never heard of this happening. Go ahead. Uh huh. So, essentially. Like you said, I, I remember like you told me when Chapek took, o- took over how he was, he's kind of just this very, he's, he's probably a little too much numbers and uh, he's, he's a spreadsheet. He's not he a doesn't, the creative he doesn't side of the have, business. He doesn't have a vision, right? He doesn't have vision, right? right. Um, so essentially the guy who we talked about who basically got up Kareem Daniel when they basically shifted everything through entertainment distribution through Disney Plus about six six months ago, probably. Mm-hmm. He kind of has a ton of power, but it's these guys, basically the new guys who have the power are all these guys in, in charge of consumer products and like, yeah, and distribution. That's the other thing. So the it, guys, it's not... Yeah. The, yeah, go ahead. It's interesting because th- th- there's two models of there's sort of two models out there and, and it feels like Disney did something that a lot of the tech companies have sort of grappled with. And, and what it was, was a corporate structure internally where instead of it being driven um, um, organizational hierarchy, it became a functional driven hierarchy. So as an example, without talking about Disney, but let's talk about um, tech. And, and, and the great sort of counter examples of each other were Microsoft and Apple. So Apple, if you look at their management, if you look at the structure of their company, and it's sort of always been this way, instead of having, here's this division that runs Mac OS, and here's this division that runs iOS, and here's this division that runs Watch OS, and then here's this division that runs... Um, the watch hardware, and here's the division that runs the iPad hardware. Um, They just say it's operating systems as a whole runs up under Craig Figueredi. Craig Figueredi, Air Force One. Craig Figueredi! Yeah. um, And the hardware group is, I can't remember, he was sort of like an operations guru before he became like the hardware guy. And so and they design was Joni Ive forever. Yeah, well, well, right, right, but but he's gone. But but so yeah, you have these gone. functional sort of groups. It's like all hardware's under one group, 
uh, operating systems is under another group. And, and the reason you did that is because, as an example, imagine if you had an iPod division and an iPad division and an iPhone division, you would have this battle for resources. Like if you own the iPod and you know the company is moving away from the iPod, right, to the iPhone, or the iPod Touch and then the iPhone or whatever, well, the iPod people are just going to be fighting for resources and they're going to say, we make all this fucking money for the company, you know, pre-iPhone. We make all this money. You need to throw your money, the iPhone, and iPhone, and iPhone. I mean, sorry, the iPod, the iPod, the iPod, and the iPod was a dying product. It was great for when it came out initially in, what, the early... But, you know, it, it, you look back at it, like mechanical hard drive and all this stuff, you see it as being a transitional. Uh, you look back and say, yes, it's a first step. Proof of concept. Can we do something this small? What You know, can we get the supply chain figured out? Boom. So, cellular technology springs and here comes the uh, iPhone with sort of this iPod touch is sort of this sort of middle ground product. So um, Microsoft, however, um, ran their company very differently years ago to the point where under, if you were Microsoft. Bomber. Yes, if it was all about product. So if you ran Windows, Windows by itself had like all these demands and Office had all these demands as and uh, there was no hardware, but every so if you were a nascent sort of technology that was the future, let's argue, um, y you will have like Office sort of banging, banging on the table for resources saying, look, we're making all this money for you. You need to invest in us, which right. which as, as an example, imagine if you're Kodak, you're this, uh -huh. you know, you've got the 35 millimeter camera. And it's making you're making all not camera but film. You're making all this money with 35 millimeter. We're gonna grow, grow, grow this. Looking back on it, we're just gonna over maybe over engineer what is a dying baseline technology. And Kodak or Fuji, I think it was was it Kodak or Fuji. Kodak had like the digital camera idea. I mean, they had yeah. they had the product first, right? Yeah. And so yeah, they had they had a whole bunch of digital stuff, but they didn't anything with it but instead of just saying um we're going to be a imaging function and someone within the company is just gonna say we're gonna transition out no this this um this uh the uh, digital camera technology got squelched by the 35 millimeter people because they're like this is what we do we own it that's i'm gonna kill this for my self-preservation, if you're the executives that run that division, no, we're the important people. Bang, bang, bang on the table. Okay. They kill the digital camera. Great. They kill Eastman. So we got to wrap this back. So I'm sorry. So, so so let's circle back. So, but what happened is Microsoft changed. They went to a more functional organizational structure. Yeah, it feels get, like you, get, you know the surface and it feels like Disney. Fun. No, but all OSs are under one team now. They they they've, yeah. they've said you know Apple organizationally ran it right. So now it looks like, so Disney has three main things. It's like um, sports and there's two other ones. It's like, is it, it's not consumer products. It's like entertainment. Shit, it's in the article. And of course, entertainment, hold on, hold on. Entertainment and distribution, right? Mm hmm. And it's, it's in the article. Yeah. And as I was, Disney, uh, as Disney, a, Disney media and entertainment distribution. And then there's, there was like consumer products. And then the last one is basically like experiences, like parks. Yes. So those are the three. Right. So they're very broad. 
And instead of, and, and so in, in the article, it's interesting because they talk about, yeah, all PL responsibility is taken away from the executives that ran that division because the executives want to be able to point to a PL to say, look how much money I bring in, pay me. Uh, you need to pay me because I bring in all this whatever as compared to, no, you are just going to be a piece into this larger puzzle of, let's just say, experiences as an example. And you're not going to have a group. But then the executives say, well, how am, I, how am I able to determine if I'm doing well? Because I, I can only determine if I'm performing if, you know, these more higher level aspects of the company do well. I can't look at my own shit that I run to say, well, shit, I made money. You better fucking pay me. And so the grayness, I'm sure, and, and I speak from a level of experience, the grayness of, well, how do you measure my abilities of success? success. And how am I going to, and, and how, how, how is my comp situation going to be derived from that? Because my comp isn't direct. I don't have anything to directly measure it off of. And then I don't want it to be on, how's Disney as a company going? Because you know what? If ESPN is shit in the bed because there's a bunch of retards over there running that, well, I don't want that to impact me. So I'm sure that people are like, well, why are you doing that? Ultimately, that is probably what's best for the company um, to sort of get people in a more functional role and take P&L responsibility away and say, get your head out of your own ass. You need to be a team player. And that's going to be the balancing act Iger needs to do is not only say this is what we're doing, and you might have P&L responsibility, but you got to figure out a way how to comp these guys that you still want to do these jobs, but you have, they have no way. You, it, it is difficult to measure their ability to succeed because of, of – I'm sorry. It's difficult to measure their successful – how successful they are because they don't have a P&L to sort of measure against. Right. And so, yeah, man. I mean – probably probably better for the company on the whole um to do that but there's other issues it certainly feels like he has lost touch with the creative aspect of um well like like there's creative types that are probably feeling like they are not as influential in the decision making process and like you know their their feelings are hurt and yeah. And, and, you know, that's going to be an issue because, you know, Disney's, Disney's got a lot of IP, but there hasn't been much original shit that's really spun out. No. And, you know, no, all the original but, stuff I mean, we're going to talk about Disney later a lot. So um, we don't have to. Yeah. All the, all the original that. stuff basically comes from their animated division. Like how, what live right. action stuff that Disney has done. Right. Now, I mean, ultimately. All- there's 20th Century Studios because technically they own 20th Century Studios now, so maybe something comes from then, but I doubt it. It's soon in the next like three years. I doubt anything big is going to come that's going to be original. But like, it, it's just one of those things where okay, he's taking away this power from some people. Alan Horn is going to leave. Alan yep. Horn, who's basically got like the magic touch, he's going to be gone. And then you got to deal with Pete Doctor. I'm not really going to put Kathleen Kennedy in there just because. I just don't. Think well, it's really, it's guy. really, it's really Alan Bergman under him, but it's Alan Bergman is the guy. Yeah, and, but basically, and they're, when they're, they're sort of like, is, uh, we don't think he's, I mean, yeah, he's good, but does he have the ability to handle the scale of everything? Right, and it's um, just you know you got the golden goose with Kevin Feige, and hopefully Chapek doesn't do something where it's like, 
I think know, there's a blank. Per, I, not Chabak, I think there's Bergman. a blank check. Yeah, I think there's a blank check for exactly. Like, like hopefully there's Bergman. something where there's a Perlmutter issue with nah. Feige where it's like Feige all, all of a sudden it's like no, you have this budget. It's like no, we we got we have the budget well, we need. Around. I I I think that though the economics of Marvel, it's like it ended with end. It, it's really weird because it ended with Endgame now because the ability to measure success. Like, what were the box office draws? Yeah. Like, what actually good? Um, it's going to be different. I mean, yeah, and, and, I and, wonder... and they have to figure out, like, how do they measure the, the, the penetration into the broader culture right. of Marvel going forward, where but it was like, relatively easy to do so before I wonder, COVID. I wonder what that is, because I know with gaming stuff is shifting away from like console sales or uh you know yes game sales still matter obviously uh but it's like it's almost turning into this you know with what happened with ubisoft ea it's all about monthly active users that's what it's about because if you can monetize and get those microtransactions or people buying expansions and all that it's it's you know you could have two million people instead of 20 million but those two million are paying, you're good to go, and they're playing every month. You're fine. I mean, hell, that's that's why Destiny is still, that's why Destiny is still like this golden goose because, yeah, Destiny, you know, it's Bungie has one IP. They have Destiny. That's it. But guess what? Destiny is supporting 600 developers because they have a million players a day, and they shell out money for expansions every four to five months, every year, and it's and or season their season passes or whatever. It's like people are paying. So I wonder how that translates with movies where how, like it's, it's not about ticket sales. It's about this. But that's the whole thing. What's the Chapek thing about the annual pass? Cause he basically wants people to pay more. Uh, free. It's like frequent visitors or something. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh so, dude, dude, don't, don't even, don't yeah. even get me fucking started on that. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, there is, but this, I that's mean, where, it, you, that's where Universal Parks, not the studio. That's where Universal Parks. This is how I win. You well, know? but there was but a Universal, period or eighteen month period where we went to Universal. Just saying. Yeah, but but Universal. I mean, so so I'm visiting your brother. Yeah. <clears throat> hold on, hold on. Let's come back. Let's come back. But you're with your brother, and we're talking because because as of like yesterday, the parks at Disney have lifted the mask mandate. They've stopped all temperature checks, and you don't have to wear a mask Damn. when you're outside in any of the parks. <clears throat> and with the way the numbers are going, frankly, I think by July or August, like Dunzo completely. Yeah, I feel like September is the the like hard stop. Like dude, September, dude, if I see I, shit. If I see shit after September, I'm just gonna be like, no. I, I mean, I I think if you look at the numbers, it's gonna happen a hell of a lot faster than you think, unless. Unless people get caught up in the number of people vaccinated because what's happening now is the number of cases and the number of people hospitalized are going to start hitting numbers, the lowness of the numbers that was June low. Like, because when the thing came out in June, nationally, it was pretty dead. And then it sort of had that sort of uh, Florida peak in the July, like the south peak in July. And then this, this recent peak. 
the numbers right now have gotten below the June law and they're going back to what was it when it started. And yeah. the number of hospitalized are like down five to 800 a day, a day. And there's 31,000 people hospitalized. Well, do the math. I mean, right. at some point we're below like 10,000 and just the number of cases at some point, so many people. And now it's like, I just saw yesterday, 2.7 million people got vaccinated. So the, the sort of fall off that happened when the J and J got pulled, people are now getting it. And so it's picking up again. So, I mean, I think it's going to happen oh, yeah. very fast. Have That's fun why I'm like, second, have fun with your second shot this week, by the way. Oh, fuck my life. I mean, uh, uh, I'll, I'll have a, I will have a story to tell you. I, I'm assuming we will record Sunday evening at some point. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, probably, yeah. but, but we'll be face to face. So, um, but but anyway, so they've taken that off. But um, you know, we're ta- Chapek is the guy who basically turned everything at Disney World into hard ticket events. So instead of just being open until midnight, they would every third day he would basically shut the parks. Say we're going to shut the parks out at six or seven, and if you want to come in for this, we'll pay these um, teenagers to get up in these obscure costumes, eleven bucks an hour, and we'll squeeze. 99 to $149 out of these folks for these five hours. We'll throw in some purple lights and there's your Halloween thing because well, yeah. all the, we, all we the had Disney, the goddamn Queen of Hearts come out or whatever. All the Disney wackadoo parks people, like, don't they hate Bob Pe- Chapek? Yes. They hate yes, yeah. and the cast members hate him because they're saying, the cast members that work in parks are saying, wow, it's all about, uh, you know, it's, it's all about, um, just jack and revenue, jack and revenue, jack and revenue, and your the client experience is getting lost. Right. So, so as an example, the, the most the most ridiculous example is probably, you know, years ago when you went to Disney, if you wanted to get an all you can drink sort of pass, you could just flash a drink like you're on a cruise, and boom, they'll give you a drink. Now, if you got the little mug or whatever that you have to carry with you all the time. You're all fill it three or four times in a day. No, uh, even though you're paying twenty bucks a day or whatever right. to carry around this fucking plastic mug, um, yeah, you can only get three refills because it's hardwired to your Magic Band. It's like Jesus, dude. Like you're not making enough money. And right. and so the take is okay. So if that sort of let's wring the rag out of every last drop of water or in this case revenue and but at what point does the client experience get smacked uh, you saw the disney disney plus revenue uh, disney plus subscriber numbers slowed a little bit a little Um, those projections were 109.3 it was at 103.6 i'm like that bet oh jesus i don't know yeah man uh yeah it'll probably probably be like 10 million less than but 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 when when we were talking to your brother they were like, so do you go to the parks? Because they're supposedly going to revamp the whole uh, annual pass thing in right. full. Um, they're going to do away with the uh, afternoon things. Maybe they'll just do golds because there's just too many people there. So basically, if you want to pass, you're going to drop like. Um, they had different levels. They had like premier gold and silver passes. And silver were oh, these sort of okay. seasonal passes that you can get for maybe right. $500 a year. Gold is like eight $8.99. So long, silver. You can get only gold because they're just trying to keep the the 
annual. They're trying to keep the Disney park people out. They're going to price people out of it so that those that are dropping 10, 12 grand for a week that are coming from St. Louis or whatever, that only come three times a year. I'm sorry. Once every three years, three times a year. Fuck that. Um, um, They want them to come every three years and drop 12 grand to stay at the grand flow for a grand a night or whatever it might be. So um, now um, Orleans, I'm sorry, guy. Yeah. um, So, so now it's like, um, um, I'm now, so talking to, talking to your brother because three little ones all under four, it's going to be Legoland this year, which is in winter Haven. It's less than half the price. It's perfect for those that are under eight. It's like, you're you're good. You're good. But this is I how mean, I'm telling you, this is how what was it, 2011, 11 This is how Universal like this is how Universal had that period when uh, I forget what Disney did. It was when Disney Disney was having overcrowding problems and they jacked the prices. That's a little different, obviously, than what's going on now. But I'm saying when they had overcrowding problems, they were jacking prices up basically. Universal high because that was right when the first Harry Potter ride opened was 2010 and it was like a year and a half two years after that and universal was bumping like universal was doing so that so that is the question that's the question is is universal gonna have that new they're gonna have that new section or whatever right oh that's not for like three years they've just got the landscape they haven't started construction on that it's not it's gonna take talking about that in like 2018 no but they've got um yeah, but they opened up um, this thing called the Velocicoaster. Yeah, they opened this thing called the Velocicoaster, which is yeah. this uh, coaster in the Jurassic Park uh, Oh, really? Jurassic Park and, Velocicoaster? And yeah, Velo- yes, exactly. Um, for those that have ridden on it, I was listening to a podcast. They said, this ride you could go on. I don't think it's one of those... Um, Fuck my life! What am I doing here? Mako Sea World, ridiculousness, rip ride, rip ride rocket, Jesus or, Christ! Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, why, why? I'm, I'm like, <laughs> the fuck am um, I doing here? Yeah. Exactly, it's 100 percent that. Yeah. Uh, but but they, there's also like a Raptors that are just sort of positioned. They don't move. They don't do the Yeti bullshit of breaking down after 12 months. Right. Um, they're just positioned where you're making a turn, and they're sort of right there. And so they say. It is just an outstanding experience. So, the, and listen, a, a, a hip coaster that's probably more extreme than anything at any of the Disney parks, that's going to draw a lot of people in. The take is, though, if you're universal, is do they take this relative weakness on the part of Disney, maybe, because they're just pricing out a whole shitload of people? And do they lean into it and say, no, bring them all in? We're just going to make a fuckload of money for the next yeah, 36 exactly. months until they yeah. figure it out. We, we, who knows? I mean, it's yeah. Comcast. I mean, co- listen, Comcast is not exactly known for delivering value to their clients. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. I talked about my Xfinity experience a month ago. That bullshit. But, um, so the next star I had, uh, Cineworld, which is the parent yeah. of Regal, Regal Cinemas. So Cineworld and Disney have come to an agreement or concluded a deal to show Disney movies at its real chain in the United States and its cinemas in the UK. Uh, this now means the world's number two exhibitor has new agreements in place with three of the major studios, Disney, Warner Brothers, Universal. 
Uh, so they'll be showing Cruella, Black Widow, Jungle Cruise, uh, despite their Disney Plus, uh, day and date Disney Plus premiere releases. So I guess we can include that because that's a story about Jungle Cruise is going to come that to Disney Plus. Is, that is, that story about Jungle Cruise amazes me how they are putting that on Disney Plus, but they are not putting Ryan Reynolds' movie in Shang-Chi. Free guy in Shang-Chi. So, yeah, so free guy. I, I'm looking at that and I'm like, the hopes for Jungle Cruise were so high. They wanted that to be the next Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, right. like yeah. multiple movies. And yeah. I guess it's, it's supposed to be good, but I'm like, is it? I mean, if you're trying to make it a franchise, unless your whole idea of the way we're going to monetize franchises is premiere day and date premiere access, and it's really just about we just got to gas up Disney Plus. Um, I'm, I'm Black Widow doesn't fully surprise me that it's day and date. It's it's surprising Cruella. I'm shocked they're even doing premiere access for that thing. I mean. Well, so I just don't understand why those are getting premiere access because supposedly some of these guys at Pixar are upset that like their you know their last two movies because Luca's coming straight to Disney Plus, no premiere access, like it's not going to get a theatrical theatrical release. Same thing happened to Soul, and I think some of these people at Pixar are like, "What the hell? Like, why? Why aren't we getting released like in theaters? Why? Why? Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you why." Why? No one, no one's going to the fucking theater. I mean, it's going to take probably until after Christmas to sort of get people comfortable, even though we're going to be fine. Listen, there's going to be people walking around fucking mass on in October when no one's got it because there's just a lot of weak ass people that just okay. have no. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. So if you have people that are afraid to come out of the fucking hole that they live in, just to go to the fucking store, okay? Because they're still out there in droves. It's not the majority of the people, but there's a ton of them. And right. I would submit to you that there's probably a significant overlap on those that Venn diagram of the circles or whatever of yeah. those who are really into the Disney stuff and those who are afraid to leave their house. I mean, if they're already sort of introverted to begin with and they feel really comfortable in their little circle anyway, I mean... It's this whole idea of, hey, we're going to be in our house forever. We don't have to talk to anyone. I was built for this. These people are out there. And I would submit to you that big-time Disney movie fans are those that are – there's a lot more of them that are built for the success of not having to communicate with people on a okay. regular basis, face-to-face. So, anyways, so, the deal so a, a, anything – that's what I'm saying. It's going to take a hell of a long time for people to break out of their, their habits. I mean, habits are hard to break. It's been a year and a half, man. I mean, or 15 months. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, on, on Thursday, uh, Disney said it will be sticking to a purely theatrical window for some of its upcoming features, including a 45-day period. For 20th Century Studios, uh, Ryan Reynolds star Free Guy and Marvel Shang-Chi and, Legend, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, that 45-day window would apply to both the U.S. and the U.K. The deal Cineworld has entered with uh, Universal. We'll see Universal's movies play at Regal in the United States with a 31-day theatrical exclusivity on titles that open above $50 million, a 17-day window for those which open under uh, which open under that threshold. In the UK, Cineworld and Universal are on a similar plan to the former's deal with Warner Brothers, exclusive theatrical window of 31 days prior to the PVOD. 
an extended window of 45 days for films that open to an agreed upon box office mark. So when so, is Shang-Chi scheduled to open? Uh, September 3rd. September 3rd. And Labor, Labor Day weekend. Fourth of, like when it was 4th of July, right? Uh, a week after, July 9th. So, okay. Yeah. How many articles about how there's misogyny um, are going to be written because Black Widow is going is going to be day and date as compared to Shang Chi that's going to have a forty five. I don't think. Uh, ooh, oh, that's actually pretty good. Um, I don't know because Jungle Cruise is still it's like the Rock's movie. I mean, okay. Yeah, they but hold on, be, hold on. They hold might on. be written. They might be written. They're just not accurate because the Rock's movie is getting Disney Plus. Yes, but 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 here's here's the deal. Like but, that's that's always going to be the big. But like, but hold on, hold on. When you hear Jungle Cruise is going day and date, yeah. What does what does that tell you about that movie? Uh, I don't know. It's probably not that good. I mean, it's probably that's like, what I'm saying. If Disney probably like had, Rampage. If Disney that and that would be terrible. They've thrown like two hundred million dollars at this movie. Two hundred okay? million plus, probably. Yeah. So, so, but, but, but here's the deal. If they had confidence in this movie that, like, this is going to be the one that breaks they people out of COVID and brings either, them in droves, they would have. They would have pushed it. They would have pushed it maybe another couple months, yeah. and they said, "This is it, baby. This is it." And they've seen it, and they said. Right, this ain't it. I mean, it's fine, but it is. This is not gonna because Disney's Disney's had movies where they talked a lot of shit about how this is amazing, and it comes out and people are like, "Yeah, it's nice," but it's Hello, Mary Poppins Returns. The hype machine for that thing was insane, insane, and then it comes out and it's sort of like, "Yeah, it's fine." But why does Mary Poppins Returns need to have like a hundred fifty million dollar budget? You know, like why? Why? Why was it 150 million? 130 million. Yeah, you you tell me. Why do you think? Like, what do you think is going on there? No, it's just Disney is like there. There's just this, and it's not just Disney. It's mainly Disney, but it's like we have IP, and and it doesn't matter how how much cachet the IP has. It just we have IP, so this needs to be a hundred million dollar movie, and because but that's what I'm saying. Does it? Yeah. No, but, of course not. But like, but, 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 but that's what I'm saying. What is the incremental lift that they're getting from taking what is an eighty or hundred million dollar movie to one hundred and thirty? Is anyone is anyone going to see that? Is it all C- it shouldn't even be an CGI? 80. That's a sixty million dollar movie at most. Uh-huh. Well, but like, uh, but, but here's the deal. Paying, I mean, I guess yeah. But here's the deal. I never saw it. But but you're right. They're overpaying Lin Manuel Miranda okay, and Mer- Meryl Streep. Like Meryl Streep is in it, and Colin Firth and. And Dick Van Dyke is back, and it's like Emily Blunt, and it's like well, I'm I'm thinking Emily Emily Blunt had to have gotten what five million dollars for that easy oh easy easy right, but I mean they're paying they're probably paying they're probably paying thirty million dollars for the talent before they do anything, but then before before they like broke ground on a set. But that's the thing about uh, Julie Julie Andrews got her revenge. Because she was because Julie Andrews was an Aquaman, which opened next to Mary Poppins, right? And, right. And, uh, she, and all she did was a voice, but Aquaman made one point one billion dollars, and Mary Poppins made three fifty total on a budget of one hundred thirty million. And the marketing, you know, that marketing was probably a hundred million. Like that movie probably barely made any money, any money. Um, and supposedly, like it's okay, but 
supposedly it's like kind of depressing as well. So well, but um, but but I think that people really it's amazing to hear this, but I think Disney misreads why the initial Mary Poppins had the appeal it had. Um, I I think that Julie Andrews is a unique talent that's like a once in a century sort of talent. Um, yeah. And, and um, at that time, the mix of live action and cartoon was really <laughs> unique. It's revolutionary. Yeah. Yes. And, and you had, um, you had a Di- Walt Disney's, we had a Walt Disney alive. I, I mean, they, that would be like Steve Jobs just out there, just jocking a movie. I mean, if he was still alive and he was just doing a movie, that, that would be, I mean, he was probably the equivalent of that if, if Steve Jobs was alive today. Yeah. So, so you have all this going on. Admittedly, it's referencing a time 50 years before. Only 50, right? We right. came in the 60s. This is like 1910. So it's like it's not that long before. Um, and it's like you, everyone knows supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Can you name, of sugar. Can you name one song from Mary Poppins Returns? I've never seen it. No, no, but but did any of those songs in that movie touch the zeitgeist of where it is just uh, out? Like you that. couldn't get away from Let It Go. Like if you didn't see it, you'd be hearing Let It Go from Frozen. So that's what right. I'm saying. And Mary Poppins was the Frozen hell. Oh, the song you'd, you'd be hearing that the Hanging Tree from The Hunger Games. <laughs> Are you? Are you coming yeah. to the tree? Remember that yes. song? Oh yes. my god. Yes. Yes. So so it's I remember so, your outrage when you heard that on the radio. It's like then they put on the radio, they put this little beat behind it like it's Tom's <laughs> Diner or something. I know how much you love Tom's Diner, but you well, know. you know. But listen, oh nineteen eighty nine Suzanne Vega over a Engineer drumbeat. I mean, you, yeah, you, any port, any port in a storm in the late eighties. So, oh wait, but was it James Brown is dead? Didn't that come out? Uh, that was nineteen ninety one. Oh, yeah, but that was right as that sort of techno. Yeah. That was like before techno became techno. It had a little bit of that industrial heavierness, heaviness Rave. to it. Yes, and then ninety two, ninety three, ninety four is when raving was kind of <laughs> it's better than um, friggin'. It, Insane. Believe, which I listened to this week. Autotune? On yes. purpose? On purpose? Well, I don't know why, but you, uh, it was... Were, were you just sitting around, hey, I got something to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> put yeah, on Believe, was, and you just look at other people and just laugh at each other and say, can you believe we listen to this shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 hang on, hang on. Let's listen to it again. And you listen to it five times later, or five times more, anyway. <laughs> no, it's between that and that rendition of Hava Nagila. Um, that like ethereal rendition of Hava Nagila. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's like, yeah, that was basically my playlist for the weekend for those two songs. Same thing, basically. <clears throat> anyway, so, so, hey, so hold on. Circling back, Jungle Cruise must not be very good. Just, this shows how Disney has no confidence in it. I don't think um, it's bad, but it's like, yeah, it's not. But, but you're it, throwing the, $200 million plus at a movie. And, yeah. and and this is what it is. I mean, if Corel's budget seventy five and you're doing it, I get it. Fine, whatever. It's a one off. Sets, it, it, sets, costumes. They exactly. ain't doing Corella too. I, I just see the picture of the Rock, and I'm like, why have they made? Why did they give him the same hat as 
Humphrey Bogart and the African Queen. Oh, I don't know. But um, I'm just like, uh, but the thing uh, is, like, uh, hold on, let me see, let me see here. Yeah, here it is. So, it's not the fact that it costs a lot of like, it's a little bit of that. But Jumanji was like one ten, one thirty, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. But this is like two two hundred twenty five million dollars. It's like what what? But it, it, it bur- just reeks, burning up cash. It just reeks of Lone Ranger, John Carter. It reeks of of but, that. Just like we're just gonna throw. But is it? But where is it? I mean, that's the one thing. There's like. Fifty well, million dollars of that movie that I'm like, where the hell are you putting it? That another well, another company thing. can make it. I'm not seeing the money on the screen. So, what, that's the thing. Like, you, I mean, you are you laundering money, Disney? Are you laundering money? No. Like, what is but going on here? The, you see the end of that trailer, okay? And it's like, oh yeah, there's this guy, who, whoever the bad guy is. You just see like the evil guy, and he opens his eye, and then, uh, it, you know, is it Bobby, Blunt, is it Bobby Cannavale again? No, it's Edgar Ramirez, but. And then uh, uh, Emily Blunt goes, the, the legend is real. And it's like, at no point in this trailer do you talk about any type of legend at all. Like, but that little 10-second bit has nothing to do with the rest of the trailer. And that's when I knew, oh, this movie's not going to be very good. Because I'm like, eh, the jokes are hitting. And then the banter between Emily Blunt and The Rock seems all right and whatever. All right. But, you know, hey, you know, adventure. Or they, they're, you well, know, they're, trying to, they're trying to do the, what's the Michael Douglas, uh, Catherine... What's what's the Wall Street? No, no. Greed is good. No. Right. What's who's the woman that played uh Jessica Rabbit? Kathleen. Oh, uh yeah, yeah, uh, Kathleen Turner. Uh, you're yeah. talking about a uh, romancing the stone. Right, right, right. There you yeah. go. But it's like supposed to be this type of thing. And then there's it just shifts to this like, you know, like this magical type and I know there's gonna be some magical stuff, but it almost turns into this like Oh, here's the you know uh, here's the fantasy part of it, the fantastical part, and it's just this tacked on thing. It's like you could have laced this throughout the whole trailer, and it wasn't. And I'm just kind of like, all right, whatever. Uh, this movie's not going to be very good, so moving on. I, I think I think that um, Disney might also be latching on to The Rock, where <laughs> his star is fading a bit i'm just wondering okay. if he's overexposed i'm just the rock is so sort of everywhere and i'm wondering is so he so right overexposed now. and is it like he's the people's is, champ he can't be overexposed what are you talking about yeah what was the last has he <laughs> did he has he ever done the people's eyebrow in any of the fast furious movies no he did it in moana through his character though oh okay yeah, and he no, he did it in Hobbs and Shaw. I'm I'm I, I can't believe I forgot that it's such a memorable movie. Yeah, I know, right? Black Superman, Black Superman is in it. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but that it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see with that dumpster fire if they can actually make it like okay. Because I forget what was the movie. Like there have been movies that you're like, oh, this just got a whole bunch of stink on it. It actually comes out and it's actually like kind of good. Like I think uh, Maze Runner, the first Maze Runner, when that came out, it had a September. That was release. trash. The that first was good. One, no, the first one is actually pretty good. Now the other two, yeah. Who yeah. who who got famous from the Maze Runner? Was that um, Dylan O'Brien? He's not really that famous, but no. But but who were the who were the sort of teen actors that 
Uh, wasn't it Kaya Kaya Scotalero was she was kind of known from that. Who the hell's that? She played the love interest of the young guy in, in the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but she's actually a really good she's actually a very, very good actress. Yeah, Kaya Scotolaro. Scotolario. Uh but like Thomas Brody Sangster was in it, but he was in like the Nanny McDees. Like he was already there. Thomas Brody said you made that name up. No, he's he's British. Uh, okay. Will Will Poulter, but he was in other stuff. He was in the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Chronicles of Narnia movie. He was in Where the Millers. He's a very nerdy, oh, the... tall guy. Yeah, he's British too, okay. actually. But Dylan okay. O'Brien, who was in that Teen Wolf MTV show, like he was in it. Um, <clears throat> Patricia oh, wait, Clarkson wait, 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 wait. They made Teen Wolf. Yes, and it went for seven seasons on MTV. I, we don't have time. We don't have time. Really? We don't really? have time. We don't have time. This is the we, same team. We Wolf don't of Mike Fox. have time. Okay? <laughs> I, we could, that could be a whole episode. So, yeah. But they're just movies that have, like, all this stink on them. They come did you out know and that, actually, like... Did you know that Jason Bateman, when he was a teenager, did Team Wolf 2? 2, yes, I know. Yeah. And it sucked. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Seven so. seasons. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> moving on. Indiana Jones 5, Boyd Holbrook and Sean <laughs> Renee, Renee Wilson join Harrison Ford in next installment. So I know Boyd Holbrook. I don't know Seanette Renee Wilson. So, so uh, Boyd Holbrook looks like uh, he looks like he could be the son of uh, um, fuck, Qui John, whatever. Oh, Liam Neeson. He looks like Liam Neeson's like bastard son. Yeah, maybe. Um, but he was in Logan. He was in that new Predator movie. Um, like, who was he in Logan? He was the leader of the 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 Reavers. The guy with the he had mutant the metal, number five. He had the metal arm. He was the bad guy. Like he was. He was like the yeah. He had the metal arm. He wore the the glasses. The Walter. Oh, Sochet, that guy. Okay. glasses. Okay. Um, yeah. You mean you mean John Milius? Go ahead. Well, I don't. I knew Walter Sobchak before I knew who John Milius was. Okay. <laughs> so, but they joined Phoebe Waller Bridge and Mads Mikkelsen. And guess what? Mads Mikkelsen is going to be the villain. Who would have what? Thought? I know. What? I know. It's crazy. You that's know? bold. That's a bold casting decision. I know exactly. He's really stepping out there. Um, <laughs> Really going against type. Um, the bravery of the producers are really happy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, who else is in this? Yeah, James Mangold directing. That's probably why Boyd, because he worked with Boyd Holbrook before. And John Williams is coming back to score the film. John Williams, like, eight, he's got to be 80. I mean, he's been around. Oh my, I think he's like 90. Wasn't he born in like 1932? John Williams. I, man, oh man. If he's, he's 90, 80, he's 89. I'm just like this. I just have a hard time seeing him just getting up on the stoop in front of the. And then I'm just like, you gotta keep it. Yeah, it's like, does he shake? Does he shake the wand like a little too much? And all of a sudden, oh, like Jesus. he rips something. He rips something in his wrist, and it's like I'm done. Or he goes to 89. play an instrument. He goes to play an instrument, and he just dies. You know, um. <laughs> he's a director. <laughs> He's a conductor. What do you mean? It's, have you ever seen the video, by the way? Of you the know, guy? He, play, he plays the trombone. 
Okay. Did you ever he see has the, played the trombone. I'm not saying. Did you ever that. see the video of the guy? There's like an orchestra, and this guy's playing the kettle drums, and the and the kettle drum, uh, whatever the thing is you use to the stick you hit to use the drum, <laughs> and it pops out of his hand, and it hits this person who like has like some symbol right in his face. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mallet. Yeah, have you seen that? Wait, I just find that so 38 fast. Seconds, 38 seconds. Oh no, no, it's it's gold. Hold it's on. gold. Everyone, YouTube percussionist with the flying melon. Because what's gonna happen? Hang on, as Alex watches this, what's gonna happen is he's gonna see it. We're gonna literally have to stop recording for ten minutes because he's gonna piss his pants. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> oh my god. That is great. She literally falls. She falls. It's almost like she falls out of frame. Oh, my God. Yeah. Percussionist with a fucking mallet. It's a win. It's a win. She just, she just walks away like, I'm done with this shit. Oh, my God. Anyway. Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay, yeah, so, so oh we're at 30 God. minutes. We're at 30 minutes. Cool, <laughs> cool off. We're at 30 minutes. Hit me back. Off. Hit me back. We're at 30 minutes. I know, I know. I know. Bye. 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 <laughs> okay. No, the reason, the way I looked it up, the way I looked it up so fast, as soon as you said kettle drum, I just wrote kettle drum funny video. That's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> and the first thing that popped up was that video. <laughs> Yeah. As, soon, yeah. as soon as I saw uh, percussionist gets walloped, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only risk is we hyped it up for people to now go see it. They're saying, oh, oh this is going to be oh, fun. No. Now, no, I, I think it's pretty can, damn funny. I don't know if you can hype up slapstick. Like, slapstick is all, you, I don't know if you can really over hype slap. Like, the, the yoga ball, the woman that gets kicked holding the groceries. She gets hit with the yoga ball that the guy kicks. You can't hype that up. That is that is just that is a grand slam every like into the water outside of the stadium every time. I don't care. Oh my god, that's such a oh that is amazing. That is so amazing. So this is good. It's the University of Regina rhymes with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that's what it is, University of Regina. Yeah, it's Regina rhymes yeah. with. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Oh, so they're British? <laughs> I who is? I mean University no, of Canadian. Regina. They're okay, Canadian. so ipso facto. Um Yeah, I mean oh jeez. But they're not French Canadian. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, thank God. <laughs> um So knives out to <laughs> Catherine Hahn, latest addition to All Star Cast and sequel to Ryan Johnson's hit. She's murder. so hot right now. You, you think she's the murderer? Well, oh my God! Did you see that tweet thing that my buddy tweeted? No. So Catherine Hahn's the murderer, right? And I responded with the wink gif, the wink on division. Like, yeah. And I got favorite ret- retweet immediately. But yeah, like early bets, put your bets in now. Mm. Odds are, uh, yeah. So her, Dave Batista, Janelle, uh, all around podcast favorite, Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, and Edward Nor. You know, I listened to the podcast last week, and it's just like, yeah, Janelle Monet is in it. Oh, pause. 
So what do you think it's dumb <laughs> It really reminded of the Dr. Zayas thing where he talks about when he's talking to Ben Mankiewicz. And he's like, you know, you push the button every time. I come in here with good chill. We could be going down nosedive in a plane. And he would turn to me, so what do you think of those Andy Circus movies or whatever? Like, it's just that thing. Like, what do you think of Janelle Monet? You're talking about something totally different. What do you think of Janelle Monet? But, uh, but yeah, so... You know, just building that ensemble, you know, uh, Netflix trying to make sure they get a good return on their $470 million investment for two movies. Dear God. I, uh, they, yeah, I mean, I, the, how do you measure if the juice was worth the squeeze? I, I still, entertainment strategy guy, I guess he knows. I mean, he is, he is the guy. Yeah, he's tapped so. in. Um, Enola Holmes sequel, A Go, A Go at Netflix with Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill set to return. Henry Cavill, I wouldn't say Did he's not on podcast favorite, but he's Did a, you see he's a, seems to be free. Yeah, I saw it. I liked it. I, I definitely liked it. I'm, I, I even said, like, if there was a second one, I would watch that second one. I mean, and the director's coming back, writer's coming back, everybody's coming back, and it's like, all right. So yeah. is Millie, is she good in it? Yes, she is. Is it, is it like the script? Is this like because this is a book series? Is yeah. like does the script make it? And yeah, or this- is is or is this like? Oh no, this is not. Millie Bobby Brown owns this. No one else could do it. It's her because she's I wouldn't say that she owns it, but she is. She is good. She holds the screen like you are invested. There are some times where it's like, okay, you're a little, you're being a little too precocious. Let's let's dial it back a little bit. There's a little bit of that, but like, I like it. I mean, I liked it because I look at the stuff that she's been in, and in Stranger Things, like all she did was sort of get there, not talk, bald with a bloody nose. Yeah, and she still sort of continued to not talk until she wanted to talk about boys and how much she just hated. Some other Why kid do you named, lie? Some other kid named Finn Hardcock or whatever. Finn and, Wolfhard. Okay, is it the same guy? Wolfhard and Finn Whitrock. Okay, so, well, close enough. Finn Hardrock. Anyway. <laughs> Finn Rock Hard. There you go. <laughs> Finn uh, Wolfcock. Um, well, and, oh, then, yeah, and then and then she goes on to really completely stretch her acting chops. In and Godzilla, like when Godzilla King of the King Monsters, Monster. where she just would, yeah, I mean, it's like, and so then it's like, oh, okay, now she's actually probably going to have to act. Well, yeah, it's no, like, she, she, you should see it. It's good. Uh, it's good. It's good. I just liked it. it. Looked like a normal movie. Like some of the Netflix movies, like the lighting is all, it's all so fucking dark and shit. Like it looks like sometimes. I mean, some like sometimes the editing is shoddy. I'm like, what is Netflix doing with their like? Who are they hiring? Um, but no, it like seems like it was like a really I really liked it. Uh for what it was. I really liked it. Um I honestly before the second one comes out, I, I would watch the first one again. Um so yeah. Really? But plus okay. you have Bern Gorman playing the villain and that guy just is great as a villain. Um, who the hell's that? Caster's keep from Game of Thrones. The old guy? No. Oh the no, guy. the guy the guy who was in um Pacific um, Rim, the Kaiju, Kaiju movie, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it. He's the villain. He's re- very good as the villain. I mean, Henry Cavill and uh, Sam Claflin as Sherlock and Mycroft. They're both really good. 
was like, hey, yeah, Apple. yeah, I understand that Sherlock's kind of like um, you got issues. What do you mean? Like uh, Sherlock has like anxiety issues or some shit like that. Like he's he's like a sort of flawed care character, not in a bad way. He's just flawed. Uh, I, don't I don't know. That's what I read. I don't remember. I don't remember. But it's like you know, since when is Sherlock you know six one two fifty? Like, come on. Yeah, he's a junkie. What are they doing? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. It's like all right. I guess Sherlock is fucking. Two fifty, Mister. Wait, but wait, 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 wait! Isn't Henry Cavill only like five nine? And haven't no, they had the sort of? No, Henry Cavill six feet. Okay, he's just fucking huge at six feet. Um, but you can tell with his body type, he is not the traditional, like, model body type. Like, if you see his body, it's just kind of like, yeah, he's buff, he's in shape, but he's he doesn't have like that. He's not like Arnold, you know. Like when you or like when you saw Arnold back, well Arnold was juicing up, so I guess that's a little different. But like he doesn't have the like he doesn't have the Chris Hemsworth like just fucking yeah, yeah yoked, yeah. you know. Like he's just buff. He's not like ripped at all. Like the V and everything. He's just kind of just big. Um, could this segment get any gayer? Anyways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so what did his ass cheeks look like? Exactly, that's exactly what it's like getting into. You're gay. <laughs> we're canceled. Um, oh no! Well, wait, we're a couple stories away from getting from canceled. being super canceled. Yeah. Uh, so Ellen DeGeneres in today <laughs> only a couple stories, huh? Go ahead. No, I'm, you know what I'm referring. Are you to. sure it wasn't the next story? Yeah, yeah, no, it's not this one. Ellen DeGeneres says media attacks on her were too orchestrated and felt very misogynistic. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you Would you like my opinion on this? Yeah, I would. I think that's the whole point of this. Um, okay. I think that. Um, I mean, mine mine will be quicker if you want to hear mine, but. So, but but let's. But they're saying it was misogynistic because Jeez, of not what? They, she is. Um, no, no. Too, they the attacks were very misogynistic. It was too orchestrated. It was what? too. Hold on, this is her quote. I mean, I really don't understand it. I still don't understand it. It was too orchestrated. It was too coordinated. And you know, people get picked on, but for four months straight for me, and then for me to read in the press about a toxic work environment when all I've ever heard from every guest that comes on the show is what a happy atmosphere this is, what a happy place this is. Um, hold on. Um, where's the misogynistic quote? Um, no, 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 no. What they're saying is right, but what she's saying is the accusations of being a horrible boss or having a toxic work work environment was layered in misogyny, right? So she said, and also I have to say, if nobody else was saying it, it was really interesting because I'm a woman, and it did feel very misogynistic. Th- there you go. So oh God, because so so in this sort of game of her admission so, so, so there's a few steps here it's like first of all she's saying it didn't happen right that's where she's at and then yeah. what's the next step from that is well if it did it just wasn't that bad and the next step from that well if it was bad it's just not that big a deal and then the next step from that was well if it is a big deal it's not my fault and then the next step from that was well if it was my fault i didn't mean it and then the last step is well if i did mean it you deserved it 
that's where she's at, those six steps. And I'd say that, that the wonderful governor of New York is probably down around the fifth bullet point here as he's <laughs> been traipsed through. Ellen is clearly at the first step. She's saying it didn't happen. It clearly did. People have been so kissing her, her ass for so many yeah. fucking years. She, that's the problem. People have no ability to be self-reflective and actually dis- discover that they might be at fault about something in their life. Hey, sweetheart, maybe, just maybe, I know it's really difficult for you to grasp, you were wrong. Yeah. You were wrong. I mean, I know, I know it's going to be a huge leap for you because you've had nothing but sycophants and ass kissers whose, whose paycheck relies upon them or you keeping them around, okay, telling you how wonderful you are. But guess what? It ends. You know, Scott Rudin, uh, pick yeah. your executive here. But yeah. if she's going to now blame her being a complete yacht on its misogyny, okay, then she's in denial. She's in complete denial. And one day, one day, she'll get there. I mean, she'll get there one day. You know, I'll pray for her that she gets there. Oh, Jesus. So, um, so yeah, I think that about covers it. I don't really think I... Yeah, I think, I think so. Uh, next story. Here we go. Here we go. Which one? Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot disables comments on controversial tweet after backlash. Um, so there's this thing. There's a little tizzy going on in Israel. Um, tizzy? Tizzy? Yeah. There's, you know, there's this thing going tizzy. on between Israel and Hamas. Tizzy. <laughs> Insert joke here, Dad. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're launching some rockets at each other. Uh, Hold on. So, let's be clear. Hamas launched a shitload of rockets at Israel. So, first. yes, essentially, the way the timeline of events happened is that at uh, at a mosque, al Aska, which is like the third most holy site um, for Islam, the uh, Israel police essentially evacuated the mosque. Well, no. What happened was there were Palestinian protesters throwing rocks and firecrackers at Israeli police who then evacuated the mosque and with, and they used some tear, da- tear gas, tear gas, rubber bullets, and like one, another non-lethal uh, form of force. Uh, and the next day, was it the next day? Hamas launched 150 missiles at, at Israel. Okay. So um, <laughs> basically Gal Gadot, and they've been going back and forth. Gal Gadot posted something on Twitter about she's Israeli. She served in the IDF, as every Israeli citizen does. Uh, she said for at least two years. My heart breaks. My country is at war. I worry for my family, my friends. I worry for my people. This is a vicious cycle that has been going on for far too long. Israel deserves to live as a free and safe nation. Our neighbors deserve the same. Uh, I pray for the victims and their families. I pray for this unimaginable hostility to end. I pray for our leaders to find a solution so we can live side by side in peace. I pray for better days. Um so the way that a lot of Hollywood leans politically, they probably did not like this. The way that a lot of users on Twitter lean politically, they didn't like this either. So she disabled comments because a bunch of people are probably going to say some very anti-Semitic shit. Uh, Hello. Hello. To, to her. How, about, how about CNN contributor today coming out talking about how great Hitler was? Are you serious? 
Hell yeah. What they say? Oh, hang on. I will pull it up. All right. I mean, listeners, the the 18 listeners we have know how much I love the Jewish people. And and this isn't even a joke. I have a very strong respect for the Jewish people because, hey – when in three separate times in history, so, hang on, people, said, he, he on. literally tweeted today, the world today needs a Hitler. That's what he said. And that tweet is still up. What's, um, what's I, the name think of this it, I think it has been disabled. That his name is Adil Raja at A D E E L R A G A. A D E D E L? A D E E L. Raja. Okay. Raja. Oh, wow. Look what's coming up. Adil Raja, Hitler. Um, anyway. Had a long but, history but, of supporting Hitler. Yes. Yes. Oh, my Th- God. There's is, all these tweets. Well, well, that is, that is, and this is not a let's shit on Adil Raja because he's a terrible person because that is indicative of a whole strain of stuff that that's out there. But, um, you know, there's not only that, but essentially the Washington Post is saying that Israel shouldn't, it's problematic that that Israel has an iron dome because the Washington Post backed by, uh, of course, the richest man in the world thinks that um, more dead Israelis is better. Um, So good, good for you, Jeff. I hope you're proud. Um, But, but no. And, and now, and now they're going hard specifically today at a building, which, which Hamas, had much of their intelligence people set up in that. Oh, the AP sh- has shared an office yeah, with the, for the last the Associated Press seven fucking years and claimed and, that they didn't know and claimed that they didn't know when well, there's an that, article that said that reported and was confirmed that they did. Uh, exactly, they did know. An article from the Atlantic, which isn't exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I would define the Atlantic as center left. It's yes. not. It's certainly not like. But I'd say it's center left. Right. Um, but but I, it's not what it was. But I'd say it's certainly respectable. But um, I'm I'm just shocked that. Um, hang on. I I'm not shocked. But the AP. I, I mean, this is the same AP that said, you know, proper during the riots, property damage is a good thing. Um, and they said property damage the wasn't violence. Do you see what Smug put out? Yeah, I yeah. Well, because they said property damage wasn't violence then, but now they're saying it's violence when they gave. Of an course, hour, they it gave is. them an hour to evacuate. Of course, building. it is. Yeah. Of course, it is. Because here's the deal: they've been buddy bud AP and Gaza's been buddy buddy with Hamas for years because they want to get access with Hamas. It's a hundred percent what's going on here. So, so no, and this is great. AP, them and Reuters are probably the big two international news agencies. You're just to a point now where you just can't trust shit that even someone like the AP puts out. So, you know what? Do not believe anything that the major quote unquote news outlets put out without doing your own investigation. Right. Of what's going well, that's, on. I mean, that's what I was Everything doing. needs to be investigated. But that's what I was doing, you know, today, this morning when I was looking stuff up. Because yeah, I know you were reading up. It sounded like. Well, you know, there was the IGN thing. So IGN is probably the most popular gaming website in the world. And they have an Israel branch that operates on its own. 
basically the American version of IGN, which is filled with a lot of very hard left-leaning people, essentially had a donate button that was the Palestinian flag. And IGN Israel put on their Facebook page, like, we are, this is very disturbed by this. We do, we condemn this on all, and, you know, obviously we support the IDF and everything they do. Da, da, da. And then IGN changed the flag to just a red cross and it was a donate button. And then if you click the donate button, it still support Palestinian. Although they say like, you know, give money to save P- Palestinian kids is what it was. Cause they're saying Palestinian kids are dying by the hands of Israeli, um, by the hands of, you know, Israeli police forces and all this other stuff. And look, uh war i think is a terrible thing um because what? there are a lot of there are a lot of civilian casualties war people, it's yeah. fantastic no but it, okay. hot, sh- hot shots part two i, I got yeah. you, I got you. <laughs> no but it, it's obviously a terrible thing but the, you know when hamas is firing when folks rockets, are dropping missiles on you you yeah. have a right to disable to, to the, their apparatus yeah. exactly okay? i mean that and by the way i just want to go back and, but 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 hold on hold on but but let's also be clear Hamas is simply a proxy for Iran right now. These are Iran's missiles. I mean, I mean, I mean. Let's let's be clear. The Mossad is the one that's going into Iran right now and causing all these mysterious fires and explosions in yeah. these uranium enriching, you know, buildings and stuff. What? How's this happening? We have no idea what's going on. Trust me, Iran is pissed off that that they that they're getting their asses handed to them by this country of eight million people. Okay, that are flying jets all over the place. And um, you know what? The the fact that, I mean, they are not happy. So sure, Hamas, what they're just going to say here, here's all the missiles you want. Go to town. Do it. And I mean, that's clearly what's going on here. But it's Um, like, you know, Hamas, you know, when your stated goal is we basically want to wipe the Jews, the Jewish people off the face of the earth. Yes. But it's like, okay. These are people that have lived through three other times, as far as I know, three other times where different, you know, different nas- nations or whatever have tried to just eradicate them. And guess what? Egypt. They didn't go. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't Egypt. Go anywhere. Egypt, Spain, Germany, Nazi Germany. Right. Right. Okay? right. So they tried. And guess what? Multiple, multiple Holocaust. Multiple. Right. And, and they failed. And so you might, you know, you maybe just start to think that you know, this guy that the Jewish people believe in, maybe he's looking out for him. I'm just, I'm just just kind of scooching that across the table, maybe. Maybe. Um, But yeah, and it's also like, you know, the land came from the Ottomans in 1920, and the British owned the land until they gave it to the Israelites. And then the UN had a plan to give a, a good amount of land to the Palestinians, Right. And some land to the Israelites. And, 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 Arafat, said no. and Arafat said no because Israel shouldn't be allowed to exist in any format. Right. None. Exactly. Zero. Zilch. Exactly. You know? Um, so anyways. But, 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 but let's be clear. The IGN folks, and this is the problem. Here we go. These, these white folks, okay? Oh, okay. Some of the... No, but I'm saying there are some broken white people, especially young people, kids, that that are so riddled with guilt mm-hmm. that they have to hate everything that frankly is good in the world because they've been told how terrible that they are for whatever for whatever and the only reason 
and, and this is where it, this is quasi a religion. The only way that the sins will be washed away is by supporting who is deemed the oppressed, the, victim. Yeah, the, oppressed, the oppressed, right? Yeah. Deemed by who? I don't know. But otherwise, these people have no way to cope with reality as such. And I mean, that and, and, and ultimately, um, that's ultimately that's what's going on. I mean, I mean, let's get real. I'm seeing videos of Palestinian uh, of folks that are Palestinian um, in London talking about let's go rape all the Jewish girls and oh, do yeah. this stuff. Oh, I mean, it's all over the place, y'all. I mean, I mean, I mean, let's get let's get real. But these people are never. I mean, this shit. There's going to be a crazy snapback. That's all I'm saying. I mean, uh, you're I'm, talking about snapback just with what Israel is just willing to do to defend itself. I I I wonder. Oh well, no, because ultimately they're doing that now. I mean, when because they knew where all the tunnels were, basically. Um, after like some initial uh, military stuff, the um, the vermin decided to crawl into the tunnels that they have all around Gaza, and yeah. Israel, of course, knows where they're at, and they basically bombed the tunnels because they knew where they are. Listen, when they're dr- when they are causing, ten years ago, they're causing centrifuges to blow up on their own. Yeah. You know what? I think they might have a good idea where a tunnel or two in Gaza, which is essentially like, you know, me and Fort Myers driving to Naples. Right. You think you think they might know where all the tunnels are? They know exactly where they're at. They're just it's like, OK, guess what? You gave us a really good reason to, like, collapse them all on you. That's yeah. just it's a damn shame. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah you know gal gadot and then like uh senator ted ted cruz god bless gal gadot um so he's sh- shooting his shot um uh well well that, that that's a very bad that's a very bad uh term to use for someone whose father killed kennedy um, oh my god <laughs> anyways uh, Apple, <laughs> Apple original God, films. God and, bless Gal Gadot. You just see Ted Cruz. Anyway, guys. Uh, Apple original films and A24 partner on award season. Joel Cohen directed Francis McDormand, Denzel Washington drama, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, he is doing Macbeth. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Is he rewriting the script? In a modern context, I'm trying to see here. Uh, I mean, who it says Cohen, who adapted from Shakespeare, makes his first solo directing outing. I mean, could you see? So how? So, but, but that's saying thing. out, out, brief candle. No, no, but but it's, but is it how deep an adaptation? The fact that they are calling it Treasure Macbeth, it's like it's a very the line to this adaptation is not very far where oh brother aren't there was an adaptation of the odyssey well yeah but it's like it was in this 1920s dust bowl in mississippi sort of right and and you you can pick up on it like okay but it's not it's not called the odyssey mississippi style (laughs) or yeah yeah so it's like is it gonna be how how 
tight a line as that. The the, uh, the Odyssey, the musical, uh, the American musical. Uh, Washington plays the title character. It uh, says surrounding them is a cast that includes Bertie Carvel, Alex Hassel, Corey, Harkin, Corey Hawkins, Catherine Hunter, Harry Melling, and Brendan Gleeson. God, Harry Melling, he just keeps getting work. Who's Harry Melling? He's uh, Dudley, Dudley Dursley from uh, Harry Potter, the fat kid. Oh, okay. That British kid who's a bully to Harry. Who's, who's no longer the fat British. No longer fat. Yeah, he lost, lost right. a lot of weight. Um, Cohen reunites with frequent collaborators Bruno Del Bonnell, uh, or Del Bonnell as DP. He's the guy who shot Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, costume designer Mary Zofrez and Carter Burwell with an original score. So this is not going to be taking place in England, fourteen hundred. Clearly, I mean, this is going to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's it's like how modern is the context going to be? Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, supposedly Orson Welles. Oh, supposedly Orson Welles did a teleplay for maybe the BBC at Macbeth. That's supposed to be outstanding, but ah, French champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the penis was so <laughs> oh my filled with yeah green, green penis, no, penis yeah green penis no wait that sounds terrible uh anyways uh, um, what's wait wait what is that animaniacs no it's the critic the critic that's right which i've never seen a, an episode of in reality but i know it's the critic because the youtube video and you never seen telling. Yeah, it was it was okay when it came out. Um, but yeah, it's, that, it's John Lovett saying, "Yeah, no, it no. stinks." That's just kind of it. <laughs> That's uh, what, what? Watching the video again <laughs> of what <laughs> green penis? No, the percussionist. Oh, the percussionist is hitting in the face. That's it's going to be looped. <laughs> <laughs> here we go <laughs> bam there you go uh all right uh that was the last story i had i didn't know if you had like anything else uh i don't know what the box office was this weekend but yeah it's pretty well we did this story on wednesday or we did the podcast on wednesday that was pretty much included some stories through the week but yeah is there um, something is there something i should try to turn on while i'm recovering from my second well, covid shot or is it a Am I going to be uh, racked with pain that I'm not even going to open my eyes up? I just, just going to be wailing. I, mean, I don't know. You can watch Harley Quinn. Nah, don't watch Harley Quinn. You can watch Those Who Wish Me Dead if you want. But this weekend is Army of the Dead on Netflix. So, yeah. This coming weekend. Yep. It released okay. in theaters this past weekend. I wonder how Well, it I am bringing – I'm assuming Walt will have it up on his media server, and I am bringing the fire stick because I travel with it. So we will put it up on there so spiral the book of saw opened to 8.7 million army of the dead made seven hundred eight thousand dollars. how many saw movies have there been eight nine my god hold on you know james wan is just breaking in that money saw film series so here's the deal my only the only depth of my experience that i have with saw was like on one of this is one of no one of the scary movies yeah, it was um, Shaq and Tom Ryan, or the guy who plays Tom Ryan, Craig Bierko. Yeah, and he's got the thing that's about to shoot up his ass. Was it like Regina? Was it like Regina Hall? Was the one that gave like uh, like one of the 
puppets. Yeah, she gave. <laughs> yeah, she gave the puppet. She gave the puppets an STD, which turned out to be the virus that killed the aliens from War of the Worlds. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay, that's that's what I was trying to. Okay. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so and there's and she and she went from she went from that to like why did I get married? <laughs> so, right. It's the same movie, pretty much. Yeah. So saw saw two saw three saw four saw five saw six saw three D jigsaw spiral from the book of saw and then there's gonna be a saw ten. Oh Jesus, Jesus oh, Christ! And wait, isn't like the final purge like coming out? Like the forever purge, the forever purge. I think well, that was called. So, so at some juncture, if it's the forever purge, who's left? Uh, I mean, at what point does that turn into Carmack McCarthy? The road, the road. Yeah, I mean, it's like everyone's oh gonna die. Look up, look up this poster for the forever purge. Oh my god, look at this fucking thing. July second, twenty twenty one. Um. Budget twenty five point eight million. That's pretty expensive for Blumhouse. Platinum Dunes is one of the production companies because of course. Oh, that's great. Oh, so hold on. You know Platinum <laughs> Dunes. You know whose production company that is? No. Michael Bay. Platinum Dunes. So Platinum they make Dunes, it, dude. So they make it look like Iwo Jima, and someone's got an Uncle Sam thing holding a thing of dynamite. Oh, I'm looking at something different. I'm looking at this. Oh, guy. I'm looking at He's Iwo Jima. He's on a horse. Um, never mind. I'm looking. But um, he's on a, he's on a suppose, horse. Oh god, I see. He's on a horse. Okay. But yeah, there's the purge, the purge anarchy, the purge election year, the first purge, the forever purge, and the purge anarchy and the purge election year. Those are the ones with Frank Grillo. He's in those. So. <laughs> America's sweetheart, Frank Grillo. Exactly. Yeah, Frank Grillo. <laughs> Uh, don't don't sleep on Frank Rilla. All right, I'll come back and we can do the outros and everything. I'll come back. Right. Yo. But yeah, so ten saws. Um, you know, there you go. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's uh something on Variety real quick. AT and T and Discovery merger. They're gonna. AT&T and Discovery going to merge? AT&T's got to be requiring. Uh, that is that new? Uh, yeah, three hours. The sort of negotiations for a potential merger of Warner Media and Discovery have accelerated. So, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder, do they throw that... Into Paramount Plus? Or no, HBO Max. HBO... Mm, yeah. Ex- deal expected as soon as tomorrow? Jesus. Holy shit. That CNBC tweeted that eight hours ago. AT&T is preparing to merge with media assets with Discovery. Okay, wait. Wow. Breaking news, everyone. So we have to extend this here. Um, (laughs) A surprise reversal for companies to $85 billion to acquire the assets less than three years ago. AT&T is preparing to spin off its media business and merge it with Discovery. So they're going to spin off its media business in a tax-friendly deal, according to people with knowledge. Like Warner Media, a deal could be announced. This transaction will be structured as a so-called reverse Morris Trust, or a merger with another company that is structured to be tax-free. One people said the idea is to combine Discovery, Reality TV's empires, with AT&T's vast holdings, building a business that would be a formidable competitor to Netflix and Disney. After any deal would mark a major shift in AT&T's strategy after years. 
working to assemble telecommunications and media assets under one roof, right? Because their balance sheet is shit. Um, I'm that's I'm I'm that was not part of the article, yeah. of course. AT and T gained some of the biggest brands through its acquisition of Time Warner, completed in 2018. The deal would underscore the difficulty telecom companies like AT and T and Verizon have had finding a payoff from their media operations. Through its Warner Media unit, AT&T owns CNN, HBO, Cartoon Network, TBS, TNT, Warner Brothers Studio. Discovery, backed by cable mogul John Malone, controls networks such as HGTV, Food Network, TLC, and Animal Planet. Oh, God. Um, shares have risen 18% this year. Companies valued at $24 billion. AT&T's gained 12% with a market cap of $230 billion. Uh, the company is still negotiating the structure of transaction details could... Talks could fall apart. A falling apart. Um, not not when it not when Yahoo Finance is writing about it. Ain't falling apart. Um, so I think Warner Media includes Warner Brothers Interactive, which is the games. So there's that too. Here we go. AT Mark Intelligence says AT and T's potential combination media assets with those Discovery Discovery could provide the Turner properties with assets to an international streaming platform while expanding the content library available to HBO Max. Okay. Yes. They're going to throw that. Oh, my wife will, my wife will be so happy. Our my calculations wife. suggest Turner assets alone, which includes CNN, TNT, and TBS, may be worth 40 to $45 billion in a sale, which we view as an attractive alternative given AT&T's need to fund its 5G and fiber build-out and pay-down debt. Like I said, their balance sheet is a fucking dumpster fire <laughs> yeah they're um, like over 150 billion in debt yes yes so interesting essentially at&t is going to be like we just we don't have warner media anymore. right 18 right there's going to be a new company created wow. uh-huh. and they're not they're going to call it some sort of warner media inc or whatever it's going to be called and they're going to roll the discovery. Well, yeah, it was called. Under. It was called Time Warner. Now it's Warner Media. Yeah, well, Time. Let's just say Time Magazine doesn't have the cachet it once had back in the day. <laughs> okay. um, um, hang back on. Back in back in thirty three. Sorry, go ahead. AT and T in advance talk to merge Warner Media with Discovery. T T A catastrophic stock return. Do these guys even learn? Bell Labs spun off Lucent Tech, and they pretty much gave Huawei an open field and telecommunications equipment. A bad joke, catastrophic. Um, let's just say that some people aren't high on the potential sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, so that's going to be like the leading story. It's like, all right, they merged. Now what? I'm really interested to see what happens with WBI. Um, because. Uh, oh, so here's what's going to happen. Warner Media is technically buying Discovery, combining operations with them, and then AT&T will spin the whole thing off to AT&T's shareholders, while AT&T themselves no longer control the company. So that's interesting. So they're going to spin it off. I guess what I'm trying to figure out, so if you own AT&T stock, they are going to probably shrink, they're going to shrink the balance sheet, yeah. roll the debt, the corresponding debt and assets into this new company, and then if you're an AT&T shareholder, you're going to get shares of this new company. Okay. In addition, not in, um, to replace. Yeah, I'm interested so to see. So that's likely what's happening. 
what happened with WBI because I know AT&T was looking to offload Warner Brothers Interactive last summer. And then they had their big DC fandom. They announced the games. And there was all this excitement. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. And then, like, it's going to be interesting because those games got delayed to next year. They got delayed to next year in, like, January and March. Like, oh, yeah, they're not coming out until 2022, which is like, so, they were so, never coming out this year. But um, so, so, so remember, remember when I said um, this deal isn't done yet and talks could fall apart? And I said, there's no fucking way it's going to fall apart. Yeah. Here's what someone said. My favorite business journalism convention is that, quote, could be announced as soon as this week. Details could change or talks could fall apart, unquote, means the press release has been written and the deal is getting announced Monday morning. <laughs> Trust me, if it's that detailed and they know exactly the financial structure of what it's going to be, yeah, it's, it's a done deal. It's done. It's fucking done. Yeah. That's good, though, man. If they, if, what'll be interesting is, so just, just, it feels like Discovery Plus as its own app has some cachet. Yeah, they already have like 15 million subscribers. Right. But do you, you don't want to roll that under HBO Max and say, if you want to go to all these Discovery programs, go to HBO Max. I think what it does is it gives them an opportunity to create different brands. I Just think make it though, a button. make it a button on like HBO Max, uh, like Star. It's like, oh yeah, go here, go to Discovery. Yeah, uh, but but if they're like, oh no, we're gonna have five different streamers, or three different streaming things, uh, are they gonna do the thing of, well, we've got HBO Max and we've got Discovery and we've got this thing that we'll rip out of our ass that we'll charge you three ninety nine for, mm-hmm. um, and do they then say you can get all three networks for? Seventeen ninety nine, or you can pick any two for fourteen ninety nine, or one for twelve ninety nine, or whatever. Or do they say, "Yeah, man, if you got HBO Max, we're giving you access to it all," because they just need to get HBO Max. They just need to get fifteen ninety nine. Um, they just need to get. We need a hundred and fifty million subscribers paying fifteen a month, right? And you're good. Yeah. And I hope, I hope that's what they do. That they say, if you got HBO Max, this shit is free. Right. Um, if they say, oh no, it's fifteen ninety nine or whatever you're paying for HBO Max, you can get this ad supported tier for five ninety nine. It's going to be different. No, but if they get cutesy with like it's fifteen ninety nine, but we'll give you the ad supported tier for free. But if you don't want the ad supported tier for Discovery, it's twenty two dollars. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that will be bad. So Discovery, I guess they to when they expanded it, Discovery Plus when they expanded it to the UK and Europe, they rebranded the existing D Play platforms. They were it was literally called D Play. That sounds, sounds like, like something. That sounds a, like a, a um, tab. That sounds like a tab you would on, find on an on an adult on, website. Yes, it's 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 the hottest it's the hottest new segment on Pornhub. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, D Play. <laughs> Deplay. Blocking um, AT&T from buying T-Mobile created the modern competitive T-Mobile. Allowing AT&T to buy Time Warner created this absolute disaster. That's a Neil A. Patel at Reckless. Yeah, because AT&T bought Time Warner. Yeah. It's been a mess. It's been a mess. they got to get out from underneath it. And then they spent $60 million dollars. On fucking direct or billion dollars on fucking direct TV. Yeah, sixty nine billion, and they sold sixty nine billion. Hey, and they, not nice. not they sold, nice. 
Yeah, they sold they sold it for sixteen, yeah, or sixteen or seventeen or something. It's like each. Um, but yeah, that was the last thing I had. If you like the podcast, please rate and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at the dot all dot around or on Twitter at the underscore all underscore around. Um, yeah, Army of the Dead this week, and then the week after, Cruella. Although there's something coming out the same weekend as Cruella, May twenty eighth movies. There's something coming out that's like gonna be better. Quiet Place Part Two. That's what it is. Quiet Place Part Two. Still, day and date, right? Um, Quiet Place Part Two or Cruella? Mm. Quiet Place Part Two is theaters only, and then okay. oh, days so will be on forty. It's forty-five days. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Cool. I just typed in May twenty-eighth movies, and it's like those two came up, but then uh, Citizen Kane like came up. So I wonder if it's like oh May twenty-eighth, nineteen forty-one. But anyways, uh, did you have anything else to add? Uh, just letting you know that Scarlett Johansson received the MTV Gener- Awards Generation Award, and her husband, her husband poured slime on her. Oh God, they're so incorrigible. What is the Generation Award? Um, most marriages in a generation. Um, um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyways, talk to you next week. Army of the yep, Dead. Yep, if you yep, want to yep. watch it, good luck with your shot. All that good stuff. Thank you. Talk Tylenol, to you. Tylenol, extra strength, 1,000 milligrams, acetaminophen. You'll be good to go. How about bourbon? Think that'll help? Uh, it'll help some things. We can, we, we can certainly try. Exactly. All right. I'll talk to you Deuce. next week. Bye.